Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. We're now live. The, the Ducks made a bunch of trades on this trade deadline. It's uh, your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And uh, just breaking down what's going on with the Ducks. There's still stuff going on in the works right now as we try to figure out um, you know what, what's happening with uh, Raquel. Almost the entire trade has been announced uh, going to Pittsburgh. And then there's some Dandenoff talk with Vegas as well. But we'll start off with the first trade. Um, Eddie, let's uh, go back. Uh, we'll talk about Manson uh, in the beginning. The Ducks made a trade early on. We, you know, had to worry about Verbeek and all and what he was going to do. And the Ducks ended up not waiting till the last minute. I mean, obviously, there's a couple of these trades in the pipeline. But we talked about the Manson trade on the last show. What did you think uh, with the Ducks um, doing that? It's going to your other team, Colorado, and they made some other moves as well. I think it was good. It was needed. Uh, you don't want to be that GM uh, like we had in the past that – that lets people go and not get anything in return. We weren't 100% sure if any of these players were going to come back at UFA. Uh, the contract talks with, with Lindholm, we know how that ended up. Uh, Manson, not sure how, what talks they had with him, but I think it's a, a good fit for them, for the Colorado Avalanche. They need that kind of player like Manson uh, in their system if they want to compete for a cup. Uh, Vegas kind of blew them a little bit. You can't rely on your players like Landis Cog and McKinnon and Kadri. That, that each of those, those players will step up and, and answer the call when needed, but you don't want any of those players scrapping, throwing down, getting suspensions. You need someone like Manson to kind of check and regulate everything. So it's a good fit for them. Uh, as far as the Ducks, uh, Manson seems to like living in Southern California, him and his wife. So ha- having him back in the offseason, it's a possibility. So getting some assets returned for him right now, as well as a great prospect, which a lot of the Avalanche fans did not like them giving up. Uh, I think it's a win-win for the Ducks. Yeah, you talk about the prospect in there. Uh, some people wanted to know, like with Manson going out, the Ducks got uh, Drew Hellison. Um, it sounds like the talk is that he could be a future Manson. Um, a young kid played on the uh, USA uh, World Junior Team. You remember they won the gold there with uh, Zegris. Zegris was very happy to have him as well. And the Ducks got a pick out of that too. So that was the the 2000 see here uh second round pick for 2023 the, the ducks got a lot of picks in this uh trade deadline so far but that was the first one to kick it off and it looks like uh drew hellison too signed an entry-level contract won't be starting till next season he can play with the goals this season on an amateur tryout deal so uh, a, a good deal i i like you said some of the abs fans didn't want him to leave um hellison that is but uh i like the deal but we'll kind of talk about Colorado a little bit here before we go into the other stuff. What do you think? You know, also former Duck uh, Cagliano is now uh, on the abs as well. Um, you know, we know that the Ducks is going to be rough the rest of the season. They've been, you know, drowning, coming out, trying to make the playoffs look like it. But what do you think about Colorado? I mean, it looks like they're trying to uh, go for it. They're one of the teams that's uh, going to be in contention this playoff season. Oh, yeah, they're going all in, and they have to. Their window is closing. Uh, I want to say their window is closing faster than it's, it has. Uh, for them to win, it's win-now mentality over there. Uh, bringing Cogliano and his work ethic, everyone knows his, uh, his routine, what he brings to the locker room, the energy he brings on the on the penalty kill. He's just real tenacious, so I think he's going to really help their, their bottom six group and 
brings that veteran leadership too. And that's, like I said, just bringing a guy like that in the locker room, changes the whole dynamics of it. It can make everyone in that locker room a lot more enjoyable. So I think it's good for that. Uh, they brought in a couple other players too uh, from Montreal. And then also they brought Nico Strum from uh, Minnesota. And I think those are beefy guys that really could uh, grind it out in the playoffs. Those are the kind of playoff people you need. You don't need the Claude uh, Giroux or those big name players like that. Those big name players don't always get you. It's those little players, those depth players that come in, those meat and potatoes kind of players that are going to help you push you over the edge and grind it out for you to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Colorado is definitely a team to watch. Uh, come this playoff season and uh, just a little bit on Drew Hellison if you didn't know he's a 20 year old freshman excuse me defenseman uh, with a good hockey IQ um, skates pretty well handles the puck uh, good defensive um, two-way defenseman and a shutdown guy so uh, you know a lot of good things uh, with him and they're good size too at 6'3 204 so that was the Ducks' first trade. We did not have to wait till the last minute like we'd been accustomed to in the last couple uh, trade deadlines. So that was uh, some you know, good news, I guess, if you, if you were trying to see what Verbeek was going to do because we knew, uh, based upon what he said, that he had these big UFAs and he either wanted to re-sign them and it looks like he moved all of them. We're still uh, waiting, you know, the complete trade call on Raquel, but he's done deal going to Pittsburgh. And uh, they even sent D'Lo too. So there's two more moves that came after that. You had D'Lo going to your favorite team, Minnesota, for a third-round pick. You remember he almost went to my other favorite team, Pittsburgh, a last play, uh, last trade deadline. Uh, what did you think about this? I, there's mixed feelings on that because some people really love D'Lo and the role that he plays and the fights and 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 you know being that fourth line guy and being a tough guy. And then other people think he's more expendable. So he ends up going to Minnesota for a third round pick. Uh, what's, what's your take on that move? Uh, well, obviously, everyone listening, you, Mike, everyone in the world knows I hate Minnesota with the passion. So seeing my favorite player on the Duck or my former Duck. Uh, going to a team that I hate just pissed me off a lot. Getting the third-round draft pick for him was was great. It's cool. I like that move, but I think trading Delorier was a bad move on the Ducks' part. You have young kids like Zegris and Drysdale coming up. Zegris is really flashy, and his his personality is really electric. You have a lot of the guys in the league, especially the the veterans that have been in the league for a while, don't like that. They might take liberties, or someone might take shots at him. Now you just kind of traded away the person that they had to answer the call to. I think. I don't know. I think that was a bonehead move. In my opinion, you need someone like D'Lo, that kind of a grinder enforcer kind of player to to kind of police everyone around you. You don't really have that anymore by trading away Manson, trading away D'Lo. Now you have to rely on other players just to, to stick up for him or other teams are going to just feel like they can take liberties at Zegers when he tries these fancy moves too. So that move I don't get and I still think – and not because it's, I hate Minnesota and and love uh, Deloria as my favorite player. Just bias aside, I just think it was a stupid move because now you have other teams that will take liberties at our players, our younger players, and we don't really don't have anyone to answer the call on that. Well, that's that's one uh, concern that some people do have because you had Manson get traded first, and then you had Deloria going next. So people talk about, well, what about the enforcer? You know, type mentality. Um, I mean, you have Carrick that mixes it up in there on the ice, but. You know, the two big guys that normally take down that role, like you said, is gone. So that is something to take note and watch with this team um, going forward for the rest of the season, depending on what these other, uh, you know, trades pan out with these other players and whatnot. But yeah, both of them gone. And then with the D'Lo trade, after that happened, then we had a huge 
uh, trade. Probably, you know, the big one that a lot of people were anticipating was the uh, Lindholm trade, which was just a, a monster deal um, on here. I'll break it down, make sure we got everything in here. But uh, they ended up sending Cody Curran and uh, Lindholm to Boston for a first round pick uh, at the end of the season, a second next season, and then a second in 2024. Um, uh, Miro Vakanen and John Moore were added in there. The Ducks retained 50% of Lindholm's salary, just like I didn't, I might not have mentioned it, but they retained 50% for Manson as well um, as part of this deal. So huge, huge deal, huge return. Um, the Ducks getting so many draft picks in this one, which was crazy. Um, and, and then they've got a couple other players in there too. It sounds like they took on John Moore's contract, um, just to get another uh, pick in there, which is fine. They retained salary. That's the other thing. Uh, they ended up, you know, retaining 50% with Manson and with Lindholm. I don't really care about that. Not a big deal. They're both UFAs anyways. And you know, it was just going to be, what, six, seven weeks that they had to retain that salary. But what did you think about this trade? I mean, this, this, this was the monster trade um, so far for the Ducks. And uh, a lot of, you know, the Ducks are stacking up the picks. Um, I, you know, I like this trade. We put out a poll question. It was like 80% in favor. Uh, what did you think about Lindholm and, and all these pieces involved? Because this was the big one for the Ducks. This was a huge trade. It's, it's a big, something we're not used to in Ducks line over here. Uh, Murray was too busy sucking back on the bottle or something to make trades like this. Uh, I still think if we had Murray, he wouldn't have made trades like this. We probably would have lost him and not got anything in return. That's the most important thing. You can't let these guys walk out and not get anything in return. The Ducks started off really hot this season. I kept saying it. Reality's in a hit. Reality is hitting the Ducks. You see what the Ducks are capable of. A few more years are going to be monstrous and dangerous. So stacking up on these picks, getting and building your team how you want it and molding that into a Stanley Cup team is extremely important. Look at Los Angeles. They did the same thing. They have arguably one of the best uh, prospect pulls in the league too, right under the Ducks, if not you know just right below the Ducks. So getting a monster return for Lindholm. Uh, and, and you know what? It worked out for Boston, too, because it was rumored that he wanted to test the free agency. And within an hour of uh, getting traded to Boston, he signs an eight-year uh, mass- massive extension over there. So it kind of works out for both teams. I love the return. John Moore, like you said, he's just one of those players added as a salary dump and an extra asset that we can get. No problem at all. We can hold on to him. He can fill in uh, uh, the bottom six role since we're, we lost two of our defensemen already. And and I think it works out. It's going to work out for the Ducks. But the most important thing was not to let him walk and not get anything in return because that would have been a huge slap in the face for the Ducks. It's really play a, a, a downward spiral role in our whole rebuild process. Yeah, and that's that's the big thing with Verbeek. That was this whole thing. On, on this trade, too, the term was the really big issue as it was reported all over the place. Uh, what did you think about Lindholm signing that deal in Boston uh, for eight years at six and a half million. Um, it seemed like some people were okay with that and some were not. Uh, what do you think if the, if the Ducks would have done that and, and you know, kept Lindholm as a kind of trade and, and moving all these people around, would you have been okay with that or not? They also mentioned that, um, I, I believe it was from Lindholm himself, he was saying that the Ducks offered him more money over a shorter term. We don't know the, all the details, but Maybe it was around that four or five years because that was a sticking point. Um, what did you think about that with him taking on and, you know, doing that eight-year deal in Boston? you think that would have been um, – obviously it was too much for Verbeek, uh, for but do you think it was too much for the Ducks in general? 
Yeah, I think offering a, a player like that when that contract ends, he'll be what 36, 37 years old. Obviously, he'll be up. He'll he's going to start declining at, uh, around that age. What 34, 35. Um, having to pay a 36, 37 year old eight million dollars when you're trying to rebuild a team and trying to bring in better assets, I think it's a little bit too much. I think a five year deal would have been fair. Um, I was really surprised that Boston signed him within that hour. I really thought he was going to go and test the free agent, uh, the free agent market, and see what that's all about. It's a unique experience that he's never had in his career, and I think a lot of players would want that in their career. And I, I definitely think uh, he could have got a lot more money from teams that are going to overpay if he went in the open market. It, uh, the dollar amount is fair. I think it's a little bit underpaid from what he could have gotten. You've seen what Seth Jones got over there when he signed last season. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't know, they've probably sold him on something. If I were Boston, too, to invest that much money and that much time into a player, I would like to see what he brings to the table. Because when you get make trades and go to different teams, you've seen it numerous times, some players will perform better on other teams than they do on, on different teams. You have a player that can be a superstar on one team. He gets traded to another team, and he's just playing like horse shit. So it's just you never know. So I think it was a little premature on Boston's part. But if they got him at the term they wanted him and they had to give him on that uh, – that eight-year contract, I guess it works for them. Um, I wish him the best of luck. I really appreciate everything he's done for the Ducks. He's He was one of my, my top players I went to. I still have his jersey, so that was kind of sad to see. But as a fan, uh, as not a, as a fan too, it's just, I'm glad that we got the assets we got and everyone can move on and we don't have to wait and see what's going to happen or pray that he signs in the offseason. If not, he just walks, and then we're just sitting here with our tail between our legs doing nothing. Yeah, I think you're right. He probably could have gotten more in the uh, free agency in the summer. And that's probably why Verbeek really wanted to push this and get this done, make sure to get these assets back for the Ducks. You know, he ends up getting all these picks. And, uh, you know, the, the couple other guys that were mixed in, they're not a big deal. I was a little sad about uh, Cody Kieran, to be honest. I, I wanted to see him and see what he could do for the Ducks. I mean, it's not not a huge loss, obviously, but I, I did want to see him in the mix and see what he could do for Anaheim. Um, you know, kind of sat there, uh, you know, d- down in the minors for a while and just didn't work out. So I'm really curious with these defensemen. Obviously, Moore is the, the veteran guy. The Ducks are taking him on and his contract. That was that was part of that piece in there. So, um, you know, I just have to see how they go. But, you know, the, the thing that we talked about on the last show that kind of concerns me right now is looking at the Ducks blue line. Obviously, we've got these other trades uh, pending right now, the, the Raquel one. And it looks like the Dandenoff one with uh, Vegas. But you look at this Ducks blue line right now. You've got Jamie Drysdale. You've got Camp Fowler and Shattenkirk. Those are your main guys. Um, I mean, we're not going to make that big playoff push. And Verbeek knew that and did what he had to do. But uh, I'm just a little bit concerned about the defense um, going forward right now, Eddie. I mean, yes, we've got these guys in the pipeline coming up. And, and of course, the summer, it looks like we're probably going to be busy too. So maybe we'll be okay. Um, you know, the rest of the season is what it is. But what do you think with the blue line right now? Because you send away Manson and Lindholm, and uh, we haven't really brought in that that's, you know, would be a top four right now. Like I said, still have all these picks. Uh, Verbe can flip them and do all kinds of other stuff. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about that, and that can come up in the summer. But w- what do you think? You think the blue line is going to be it's going to be kind of rough, maybe in the next couple of weeks before the season ends? Oh yeah, I would hate to be Gibson or Stolarz right now. I mean, they get enough shots as it is day in and day out, and now you, lo- you know, lose two of your uh, your better defensemen. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful being a Ducks fan the next few weeks. But uh, it's going to be all be over. It's, it's going to be one of those things where 
it, it, we need to lose these players to gain more. And I think the offseason will be great for the Ducks. We have a GM that's obviously – we've already seen what he's doing. He's uh, His actions are actually speaking louder than his words, and we're so used to words speaking louder than actions. So we're seeing him trying to improve the Ducks immensely. So it's going to be a great offseason, I think. I think we're still in on Chikrin. Uh, he didn't get traded at the deadline. Um, that's mm-hmm. a really good player to get. So I think – uh, bringing all these assets in that we can use to entice Arizona to make that trade. If we bring him in, uh, that'd be perfect for the Ducks. If not, I'm sure uh, Verbeek has other players in his mind that can actually fill and facilitate that top four role and help the Ducks and their rebuild process to be that Stanley Cup team. Yeah, I was surprised with Chikrin. I know that there was that injury stuff going on, but I thought uh, there were a couple different reports out there that the Ducks were really in on him. So I thought maybe that would be one that we would bring in, and then they ended up um, – you know, not doing that. So that is one name to watch in the summertime and see what happens with him. I thought maybe that that would be one that would move. What did you think about uh, John Gibson? There wasn't much talk about him. And then it seemed to kind of ramp up here in the last, you know, hours or day or so uh, going into this trade deadline. Um, Some people are talking about it. It's, I don't know, it seems pretty divisive topic among some people. They really, would say, hey, trade Gibson, I'm good with that. Let's roll with the Stolars and, and Dolstol. And then there's other people that are like, no way, he's still the man. Let's do it. Let's stay with Gibson. Um, I, I wonder if this is something that, it you know, nothing happened, at least as far as we know. There's like 33 pending trades going through right now, pretty crazy trade deadline. But um, if, if he it is indeed not sent through, uh, you know, and traded, which it sounds like because uh, even Eric Stevens said that he was going to start tonight, uh, in the game against Nashville. Um, what do you think? If, if he stays through the rest of the season, do you think that that's something that maybe we revisit in the summertime as well? Yeah, I think all these other GMs know that Verbeek does not have any emotional attachments to these players, and he's mm-hmm. going to bold and build a team that he wants that's that's going to be a winning, a winning brand for Anaheim. So I think a lot of the other GMs knew that, so they called and, and just – kind of just entertain him with offers. And I'm sure he listened, as he should, as he's doing his job as a GM trying to make this team better, and he's listening to offers. Gibson would probably have been the biggest trade of the day if he got traded. That would have been a huge blockbuster trade, and that return would have been massive. If you want to if you want to push your rebuild process even faster, you have to trade a guy like Gibson. I know it sucks. He's, he's an elite goalie, but if you really want to just cut those years of a, re- a rebuilding process, you, you have to make a trade like that to get – huge assets back. We I, we talked about Edmonton a lot, how they need help in the, the goaltending area. So if we can, like, you know, hypothetically, we got a guy like Drysdale uh, dry for uh, Gibson, that's a win-win for everybody. But, yeah, I think he'll start listening to offers, too, in the summer. Like I said, he has no emotional attachment to these players, and his mentality is, is he wants to get back to the winning circle, and he wants to win. He doesn't care at what cost it takes. And that's what a good GM should be, is building a winning product on the ice. Yeah, I mean, Verbeek is not messing around. Uh, you know, people are talking about him as being, you know, the last name with a W, you know, W Verbeek for the win. I mean, he he did what he said he was going to do, and he moved all four of the rostered UFAs, Manson, D'Lo, uh, Raquel, and Lindholm. He, he, you know, he did not mess around. And we kind of thought that that was going to happen, thought he was going to go for it, and he did. I mean, he did try to sign Lindholm, and last minute it didn't work out. Uh, towards what was it Thursday or Friday night, whatever that was, when uh, you know the deal didn't go through, and then he announced, "Hey, I'm going to go look around and talk uh, amongst the league," and then all the everybody ramped up, and then that's when um, D'Lo and Lindholm were gone on Saturday as well. So, I mean, 
you, you got to like Verbeek and what he's doing. I mean, he's he's making hockey trades. He's not doing these minor trades. It's not like when we used to wait and you know you get like you know three trades, um, four trades, whatever at at noon Pacific or or three o'clock Eastern on the trade deadline. So I mean, he's rocking and rolling. Uh, you know, see what happens with Raquel. That's another team I'm really interested in. Uh, on on this deal, we haven't got the the full thing on Raquel. We're waiting for it, but a huge return um, for him, as, at least of what we've heard so far uh, on this deal. That they, a second round pick in 2022. Uh, you've got Zach Aston Reese and uh, Dominic uh, Simone in there, and then they said another prospect. I, I mean, if that's the return for Raquel, you get four pieces. That's insane. Uh, that's a great return. And then weird going to another uh, team that you know I like the Penguins. They're talking about him. Um, you could see him out there with uh, maybe Crosby and Malkin. I mean that's insane. Uh, Pittsburgh's another team to watch and see what they're doing. Um, but the Ducks trading with our other teams that we like Pittsburgh and Colorado. Um, like I said, as we're talking now, it's, it's not quite uh, ironed out the entire uh, deal with. Um, Pittsburgh, but that kind of return, the second round pick, a couple bottom six forwards, it sounds like, with uh, um, with Simone and Reese. I know some of the Penguins fans are, th- are thinking we lost this trade because those guys, you know, aren't top six guys or whatever, but they look like they have solid defensive numbers, maybe not the greatest scorers in the world. Um, you know, it's n- the whole trade is not completed, like I said, but if that's what the trade is, even with the prospect, I, I don't really care. Uh, the Ducks uh, won that trade. I mean, that, that's just huge to get four assets for uh, Raquel. Uh, it just, you know, it, it's just insane. I think that was a great uh, deal for the Ducks, re- you know, regardless what the final um, outcome ends up being completely. But from what we know now, I like what I see, Eddie. Oh, yeah. I think Raquel's going to go and win back-to-back cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he's going to get traded to Chicago and win another cup. <laughs> you guys know who that is, Chris Kunitz, when he got traded to a, a Pittsburgh Penguins years ago. No, but – yeah, it, it was a, a good return for Raquel. I don't think he's going to sign long-term there. Uh, I think it's just one of those uh, rental type of players. So receiving that many assets for a rental player, that's that's great. I know uh, Zach Aston-Reese and Simone, you guys don't. A lot of the Pittsburgh fans aren't sold on them. But you never know what a change of scenery in a different system can bring out in these players. Uh, we have time to see if they can mold and they can uh, help out with the rebuild process. If not, then we don't really – lose anything they're both ufas they'll be gone at the end of the season we're not having to eat up a long-term contract it's kind of a little test period we get a second round pick and we get the prospect which we don't know who the prospect is yet that's still a great return for a rental player uh, you, you can't be mad about that at all uh look at uh william carlson ducks kind of gave up too early on him he goes to columbus it didn't work out really over there he goes to vegas and now he's an elite player so you never know what you're getting by changing a, a, a player in his scenery. So we can only hope for the best, but at least we got that second round prospect for him. That's going to be a for sure thing. Hopefully we don't uh, waste that, uh, that, 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 the draft pick and uh, pick, uh, pick a bust or anything, but it's still a win-win for the ducks uh, as far as re- uh, getting something for a player that probably wasn't going to come back. And you, and you never know, he can probably just come back and resign with the ducks. Uh, same with Manson. So uh, if that's the case too, the ducks are come out even bigger winners. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, looking at these picks, uh, you've got so far, like it looks like about six draft picks that the Ducks have picked up. And you're talking about first and second rounders for almost all the draft picks other than that third rounder for D'Lo. Uh, it's pretty crazy. And that gives Verbeek tons of options right now. 
Um, even with this other trade, it looks like with the, the Dandenoff one coming through too, hopefully here in a minute, uh, with all these picks uh, for the summer, uh, there's a lot of wiggle room for Verbeek. He doesn't have to you know, draft everybody um, in, in this summer and the next summer coming up. I mean, you're loading up on these picks and it gives them options to do some stuff. So I'm really curious to see what will happen in the summertime um, with this team. I, I think some stuff is going to happen as well. It's going to be a, a fun time as well. I mean, right now, um, you know, like we said, uh, all the stuff going down. And, and like you said, he's using these assets, these rental players to get these returns, which has been amazing. I mean, you're talking about these guys, Raquel, Lindholm, uh, D'Lo and Manson that weren't going to be here at the end of the season. He didn't want them to walk for nothing. It, it would have been disastrous to have them all walk for nothing. And instead of that, he, he goes out and he gets, I mean, he gets a massive return for Lindholm, uh, a huge return for Raquel, even if they're, they're saying that these two forwards aren't that great or whatever the Pittsburgh uh, Penguin fans are saying that. Uh, it's still great. Uh, I mean, I like what I've seen so far. I think the only trade, um, you know, barring the Dandenoff one, we have to see what that is. But of these, the uh, D'Lo one was the only one I was kind of like, whatever. I, I wasn't really, you know, that big on that one. But I, I do like what he did with uh, Raquel Lindholm and Manson so far. No, yeah, you can't. If you're a Ducks fan, you have to really be excited about our GM actually going out there and making moves and not just getting you a politician speech, how he's going to change the world and change the atmosphere of the Ducks and then just hiding in his office, being an asshole to all the employees. So it's really good to see someone uh, not just saying the, speaking the words, but actually doing something by their actions. So um, I'm excited to see what the offseason brings uh, at the draft. It's not going to be one of those where Ducks fans are just like scratching their head and, and I don't know, Marie's over there doing, doing Murray things. So we have actually someone that, that, that wants this mentality to win. He wants to build a winning product, and he's uh, using that by his action. So I'm glad that he's doing that. The return from Lynn home was, was massive and was great. So uh, there's only more to come, and I, I could see the offseason being busy with him trying to make moves and really going out there and trying to bring in players that are going to make impacts, not paying for players of uh, a caliber of what they used to be and making some questionable signings or something. So I'm excited for uh, for the draft now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, the Ducks did make another move, too. They picked up uh, Jerry Mayhew off of uh, waivers from Philadelphia. And um, as you know, we're part of the Old City Sports Network now. And uh, Jerry is the one that runs everything over there. So I talked to him a little bit uh, about Mayhew because people are like, who's this guy? Why do we pick him up? Um, it sounds like this guy is an energy type guy, uh, a bottom six guy. Um, he will mix it up in the corners. He will set screens, go into those dirty areas. Um, you know, he's played in 25 games with the Flyers this season and six goals. Obviously not going to be a top six guy and be an all-star and everything like that. But he works hard, and that's the one big thing on him. They said he's, he's a ball of energy, especially in the AHL. He, he runs around and um, does this thing too. But uh, obviously not a long-term uh, solution for the Ducks, more of a depth move. But um, what did you think about them uh, picking this guy up off waivers? I like it. I, I like getting players off waivers. You're, you're picking up a player for pretty much for free. It doesn't have a huge term on the contract. You get kind of a, a kind of a trial. It's a, it's like a date. It's, you go on a few, a few dates. Why? You kind of like seeing it out, testing it out, see how it's going to, that's going to work. If it doesn't work, then boom, you, you move on to the next one. If it doesn't work with this player, we didn't give up anything for him. And uh, I don't know. Um, just, it's one of those, what I want to say, I like trial and error. 
after seven days, you can just call council and you get your money back, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. A lot of these guys that they're bringing in are UFAs at the end of this season, or maybe they're with the team next season. So, uh, you know, it's not so much that these players that they're bringing in that's going to help the Ducks as much as it's all these draft picks that, that basically Verbeek is, you know, piled up. Though some of these forwards uh, could work out. You know, if you're looking at what happened with Raquel, um, if Simone comes in and he, he can play decent or Reese can play decent, on the bottom six role, maybe you do keep them around for a little bit longer uh, on that. So, I, I mean, I, overall, I, I like what I'm seeing um, in this in this uh, trade deadline so far. We got a lot of action. None of these guys walked for nothing, which was a big thing. So, I'm really happy about that. I'm really curious to see what'll happen in the summertime. Um, like we said, still still waiting to hear on the uh, the Dandenoff trade, but. Um, it's been good. It's been exciting. I, I mean, we had stuff happen early on last week uh, with Manson and then uh, Lindholm and Delorier on Saturday. So a lot of, a lot of stuff was already gone and, you know, we didn't have to wait till the last minute. And then today, obviously waiting until the end, you get the Raquel one in there and then we're waiting on this Vegas trade. But um, overall, I, I would say for, uh, for Beak, I'd give him an A or an A minus on, on the trade deadline so far with what we've seen. Um, I, I, I like everything that's gone on um, so far compared to what we've seen in the past where we made these minor league uh, trades or the or low-level trades and, and whatnot. I mean, the team was in a position where they had to do some stuff this time around, but uh, I, I'm, I'm happy with what has gone on so far and what we've seen, Eddie. Oh, yeah, same here. It's 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 fun to wake up and and see your team making moves. I remember last, what, last trade deadline, we didn't really do anything or waiting, and then – the last minute, oh, Ducks have a trade to announce. It's just some some minor minor trade. It just didn't really make any sense. So I'm glad to see we have someone that's that's really working the phones, that's really diligent about that. And I, like I said, I'm excited to see what's going to happen and and all the the rest to come. It's just it, it's going to be great. It's going to he's going to build. A, like I said, he's going to build a winning product for our team, and it's it's going to be fun to watch. It's it's interesting. It's going to be uh, scary because you know who knows who's going to leave next. Like I said, he has no emotional attachment to these players, so I think everyone's fair game. If you're not named uh, Drysdale, Zegris, Terry, or even Getzloff, I think he'll have some sort of respect for Getzloff not to not to move him unless he really wants to. And I didn't expect Getzloff to be moved at all, and I I I, I really think Getzloff's going to finish his career as a Duck. I would would wanted him to see him move to a team, especially a team like Colorado that has a really good chance at winning the Cup because I want Getzloff to get that second Cup, but he has such an emotional attachment and love for the, for the ducks and the fans and the organization. So I respect that. And that's why he's a, a great leader. He wants to stay with his team. And I, I respect that, even though selfish me wanted him to try to go and, and win a cup somewhere else. Yeah. That was the other name that, that really didn't come up like last year. You remember we heard gets off uh, his name come around there. Then he came out and said he wanted to stay in orange County and that he loved being here. And then they were talking about Vegas was like the big team that they thought maybe Getzloff would go to last season. Then they, you know, we heard maybe Colorado. So there was different teams that were contending last season and thought that he could be in the mix for that. And um, it didn't work out. And then there wasn't like hardly anything mentioned about him this season. So I'm really curious to see what happens with him because he's in the same boat again. You know, he's, his contract will be up at the end of the season. And will he uh, come back for another year? Will he retire? Um, you know, he's currently injured right now. He's been out for a little bit. 
So uh, that's unfortunate. Hopefully he gets back on the ice and gets some, you know, more game action and whatnot. And he's also talked about wanting to do front office stuff. So I, you know, I think the sky's kind of the limit for Getz. I, I mean, if he wanted to go um, in the off season to another team to, to be a, con- you know, a contending team to try to win the cup, maybe he does that. He comes back to Anaheim for a year, or maybe he does uh, try and do front office stuff. So um, I think he's kind of earned that. I mean, he's been the captain for a long time. He's been on the team for a long time. Like you said, if he wanted to go to a team to go win the cup, I, I would not be upset at him at all. I, 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 you know, let go for it. I mean, I'd like for him to win it here again, obviously, but I wouldn't be mad if he tried to go to another team, Eddie. Yeah, same here. I, I think he'll be back. I think he's just, he has too much love for your, uh, for the organization to leave, um, no matter what, I think he, he he loves it here and he wants to be part of the, the process. I think Zegris is bringing out the the little bit of youth he has left inside of him too. I think I see a little few girls' uh, hairs growing in his hair that Zegris came. But I, I think he's having fun. He's playing some uh, he's playing some good hockey. He has uh, kind of his best hockey I've seen in a few seasons from him. And like everyone on that team seems like they're having a good time. So I think he comes back to the Ducks. He stays there. He finishes career there and who knows what kind of front office job he'll take but he's going to be a, a duck for life and as much as i would like to see him because he earned the right to go out and win a cup somewhere else and do that i think he stays i think we didn't hear a lot of his name come up this trade deadline i think the verbeek probably sat him down out of respect for gets off and just asked him hey do, what do you want to do do you want to stay here do you want me to try to trade you to, to a contending team and kind of gave him that choice and i think gets off shut him down real quick saying hey well you know what i want to stay with the organization i want to be part of this I'm fine with, with what's going on, the rebuilding process. I'm fine that we're not going to make the playoffs. So go ahead and work the phones and do what we need to do with other players, but I'm content here. So I think that's probably how the conversation went. I would assume that, that Verbeek went and talked to him and addressed the issues of, of making sure he wanted to stay put and didn't want to be traded to a contending team. Yeah. I mean, that, that very well could have happened. Um, you know, um, so uh, we'll just have to see what's going on with these last other couple of trades. Like we said, uh, Gibson and Getzloff staying as of now of what we see, uh, at least till the summertime. Those are, you know, the two, I guess, big ones to watch coming up then. And uh, we'll kind of, we'll break down some of these other trades. There was some other stuff going on around the league that we'll talk about. I, I do want to say one thing though, Eddie, the, the, the best thing about this trade deadline, I don't care what team that you root for or root against or whatever, but uh, Kevin Weeks has to be the best thing that happened at this trade deadline. Everybody was cracking up, making memes and funny photos. You, you know, he obviously he started out with the Manson trade, and uh, you see him on there with his phone, and he and he's announcing it. And then I, I, one time he's in, in a closet, another time he's on the side of the road. Uh, he's like in the studio. Like I, I was really cracking up with Kevin Weeks. I, I wanted to see him like at a bar or like out on the water or something. I, I was almost like, when's he going to break the next trade? And, and, and I guess the big question was like, where was he going to be next, Eddie? I mean, Kevin Weeks, dude, that guy, a <laughs> legend, man. Hilarious. Well, Weeks, he's a workhorse. That guy's everywhere. It's the funniest thing seeing him do that. He takes his job so seriously. He's so passionate about it. You can tell he, how much he loves the, the, the game of hockey and then the memes coming out from everywhere, oh, it's just the funniest thing. I think I've seen him downstairs, too. He's saying hi to them. So everyone say hi to Kevin Weeks downstairs. Yeah, he's, he's on there now posting another one. It looks like he's, like, in bed right now, the latest <laughs> one I'm looking at. I, I'm just laughing. I, like, 
you know, like he's gonna be folding laundry or something in the next one, and then post a trade. I mean, Kevin Weeks, man, that guy is just hilarious. That that's probably been the best thing I've seen uh, for any hockey fan is just seeing that guy all over the place, like with the different backgrounds. Even pulling over on the side of the road to me was like I was like, oh man. Dude, what are you doing? Look at your phone when you're driving. You know, just kidding. But uh, I mean, that was awesome. So he's out there, you know, pumping away and and you know, just going all at it. But uh, just hilarious, great, great thing to see with him doing all his stuff. So what um, what did you think about some of these other trades out there, um, Eddie? Anything that you know stuck to your mind with some of these other teams? Um, as we kind of wait to see about some of these other things with uh, the. Um, the uh you know Raquel and uh Dandenoff trades no it's interesting to see the Washington Cap- Capitals reacquired Marcus Johansson from the Seattle Kraken and then a former duck too Daniel Sprong was part of that trade as well as a fourth round pick and a sixth round pick what's really interesting with me with Seattle is how they drafted their team uh they could have had guys like Tarasenko which they could have got a good return for this uh this post deadline or this trade deadline um, it's weird to see they didn't really go after players like that. Uh, I, I know they're stacking up for the future and they're kind of a, they did a different mentality than Vegas did and they didn't have that much, I guess, like star quality players that Vegas got, got a chance to get, but it was kind of a uh, interesting to see the, the Capitals reacquire Johansson and another former duck on the move. Uh, a strong too. He's one of those players. I don't know what's, what's, what's up with him. He seems like he has that potential to be a, a good pure goal scorer, but I think the work ethic, laziness, I, I don't know. It's just it's weird to see a, a player of his caliber just keep getting traded. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he was very streaky, at least what we saw in Anaheim. So he's been kind of moved around here and there. And and you're right, Seattle's doing not not necessarily uh, you know, with with you, you know, going crazy with these UFA type thing like we had with Anaheim, but they're loading up on picks. Uh, they made that other trade with Toronto and, uh, and they got three picks out of that one. I mean, that was another crazy trade, Eddie. Oh, on Toronto when they uh, they traded uh, Mark Giordano. Yeah, I, apparently yeah. Dubas was talking about how he wanted to, to get him before and it didn't work out, and they're reuniting him with, with Brody, thinking that they're going to get that magic they had uh, from the Flames. I know a lot of Duck, Ducks fans don't like Giordano because of the dirty play he did on, on Fowler um a few seasons ago on the the off season, but I, it's good for them. It's just Toronto has that 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 curse, that first round curse. They need to work on their goaltending. I know they had issues with uh, Jack Campbell, just because was not playing his best. They turned to a rookie that's been playing pretty well, but I think I, I don't know. I can't see this working out for Toronto. It's good for Seattle. They're stacking up on those draft picks and they're going to build a, a winning product soon in the near future. But it's it was kind of interesting to see that the, the Maple Leafs haven't addressed a goaltending issue. At least get someone in there that can fill that role and and kind of help them out a little bit until Jack Campbell regains his form. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just came on through the wire right now, so I wanted to uh, highlight this on the Raquel trade. We finally got the update here. I'm breaking uh, news. Yeah, to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins put it out. Um, you have on here Raquel goes right to Pittsburgh. Uh, we already talked about um, Aston Reese and Dominic Simone. They're in there. They had goalie Klang uh, in the mix too, which is kind of interesting. And then a 2022 second round draft pick and the Ducks uh, end up retaining 33% of Raquel's salary. So now that we know what the deal is with this, uh, what do you think about this one, Eddie? Uh, kind of interesting. The Ducks went out and picked up a, a goalie in the mix too. 
and then they had to retain 33%. Again, not a big deal. I, I mean, Verbeek's retaining salary and all these big three, but, I mean, they're all coming off the books at the end of the season anyway. So I still like this trade, even with the Ducks retaining the salary and, and then getting another uh, uh, player out of it, uh, uh, you know, a goaltender in the mix. Um, I'd say go for it. I mean, it looks – Looks good for me. What What do you think? You like this now that we know what the final trade is with Raquel? Oh, yeah, I still like it. You, you bringing this goalie, uh, it only tells me, obviously, he's not going to be in the mix to be uh, uh, the starting goalie for the Ducks. He's not going to be in the mix to be a backup goalie. We have Dostal. I think he'll he'll be ready to go next season uh, to play for the Ducks and have that backup role behind Gibson. That leaves Stolarz. We can uh, get rid of him in the offseason and get some assets for him and build our team. Something that we need and trade him. So I think this is one of those moves where it'll be a nice little AHL move and we can have a, a goalie from there. I don't know a lot about uh, Clang, this goalie, so I had to do some research. And um, our next show, we can talk more in depth about him. But yeah, I, as far as this trade right now, it looks it looks perfect on paper. Like I said, you, you paid this much. You gave three uh, three players and in, in one draft or a second round draft pick for a rental player. So you, you can't be mad at that if you're a Ducks fan. No, not at all. I mean, as far as all the uh, retaining of all the salaries and all these trades, not a big deal at all. So, I, I again another win for the Ducks and Verbeek in this trade. I, like I said earlier, I you know I don't you know care if the Pins fans think uh, Reese and Simone are crappy or whatever you want to use, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, you got a goalie prospect that is uh, from Sweden. I just looked him up. Um, so uh, you know. He, he looks like he could be promising down the road from just the initial thing I looked at while we were talking right now. Obviously, we'll do a more in-depth um, take on it a little bit later uh, when we do, of course, more shows um, down the road. So there you go. So everything seems to be in the books now, except the Dandenoff one is the, uh, the other one we're just kind of waiting for while we're on here. Uh, we were breaking down some of the other trades around the league. So as far as other other ones, what, what do you think? Um, we were talking about Seattle, they loaded up on picks. We know Pittsburgh's going in on trying to win the cup. Colorado's trying to go in on, on going for the cup. What about some of these other trades? Any other team um, stick out to you? Well, you know what was – you know, I'll just interject with this one. We talked about goalies, right? We had uh, Marc-Andre Fleury getting out of Chicago going to the Wild. Um, so what did you think about that one? You, I know you, you can't stand the Wild, but it looks like the Wild are trying to load up a little bit too here. Oh yeah, that that one pissed me off too. Like I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was telling my girlfriend earlier too. Like, why of all teams he had to go to Minnesota? I like Mark Andre Fleury. I think he's a fantastic goalie, a great great personality, great person. Why go to Minnesota? Damn it! I was like, I was hoping he'd go anywhere but Minnesota. But it seems like they're uh, they're gearing up for a, a big playoff run, which they're not going to make. They're trying to bounce out the first round, but. Um, yeah, they have they have a, a playoff guy like Delorier now. They have Tyson Jost. Jost is, a, is another workhorse, a good bottom six guy in the right role. Uh, he can probably produce at the bottom or top six level. You, you should never know. He was uh, he was down in the depth chart with Colorado with all the firepower they have, and now they have uh, a a good world class caliber goalie that can steal games and that can push you to that Stanley Cup. Um, as much as I want to wish the Mark Andre Fleury and Deloria good luck on winning the cup, there's no way in hell I want to see Minnesota lift the cup. <laughs> yeah, I, I know how you feel, man. You don't want to see Minnesota. I mean, I we're gonna be watching Pittsburgh and Colorado obviously come playoff time for sure. So um, but yeah, some different goalie moves out there uh during this trade deadline. So um uh, interesting to see that. And then like we said earlier, Gibson's name came up, but he didn't get moved. Um 
any other any other teams that you want to kind of discuss here as, as we're kind of doing the the league wide stuff and yeah uh, uh yeah talking about florida i know claude Giroux was on the avalanche's list and it a lot of the fans that wanted him to go to the Avalanche, thinking he'd be the, that that person that can push him over the edge to win the cup. But like I said before, bringing in a big name superstar player isn't going to guarantee you a cup. Uh, you, you watched what a few seasons ago, you saw a powerhouse team like Tampa Bay get bumped out by a, a nobody Columbus team. Uh, they got swept actually, so that doesn't really mean that you're going to win the cup. I think all the moves the Avalanche made helped them be better, have them more gritty, more of a dangerous physical team. I think. Moves like that are, are going to play detrimental, are going to have more, uh, not have detrimental effects to, to getting that cup. I think um, Florida's getting all in too. Uh, they're going big. They're playing some good hockey over there. Um, so they're going to be a team to watch in the East. Another one I was ca- kind of curious about, Tampa went ahead and b- got Brandon Hagel from the Chicago Blackhawks. They, they also got two fourth-round picks in 2022-2024. And then the Blackhawks ended up getting a 2023 first-round, 2024 first-round, and two prospects. This is kind of like uh, – oh, uh, yeah, these picks are top 10 protected. But Tampa Bay it has a powerhouse team. They have arguably the best goal in the league besides uh, Gibson. I think Vasilevsky and Gibson are kind of like tied for being the top goalies in the league uh, consistent, consistently too. Even though one goalie Vasilevsky plays for a better team than Gibson does, so it, it was weird for me to see them give up two first-round picks. Even though they're going to be bottom first-round picks, probably going to be 28, 29, 30 overall. But I, I don't know. Like Hagel hasn't really proved himself to be worth that much. So that was kind of interesting to see Tampa Bay give up that much for him. Um, I know he's having a good season this season, but he, I think he has like 65 total points in his three-season three, three season career. So I think it was a little bit of an overpayment for them. But like like I said, too, they're one of the teams that are going to be all in. It's going to be uh, Tampa, Florida are going to be one of those dangerous teams to watch in the East, too. Yeah, they're uh, battling it out in the top of the division right now. So you're definitely going to keep an eye on them for sure. Uh, you got the Hurricanes and Rangers battling it out. You know, we thought Raquel might have gone to New York. That was another team a lot of people talked about. They, they talked about also um, – you know, Boston's in the mix. That was another team that they thought about for Raquel, too. I kind of was wondering if Raquel would go to Boston uh, just because Lindholm went there. They're best buds. They both have the same agent. So I was really curious to see if that would work out. Um, instead, he goes to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I mean, I'm happy with that because I, I like Pittsburgh. It's my other team. But I, I was really curious about that to see if something would happen. But you're right. It's It's going to be Tampa Bay. And uh, Florida, they could be battling it out in the same state there. you got Toronto's obviously in the mix as well, and the Bruins. And then you've got uh, the Hurricanes, Rangers, Penguins, and Capitals battling it out in the other division. So uh, a, lot, a lot of good hockey that will be coming up uh, in the east. and the west, you've got your abs that are just running away with the central division. They're just killing it right now, uh, so far ahead of the Blues. And then you've got the Blues Wild. And Predators pretty much locking those spots up. Dallas may be on the outside trying to fight it out. And then in the Pacific, things have got you know got kind of crazy. Uh, you have the Flames; they're trying to pull away now. Um, the Kings, Oilers uh, in the mix. Golden Knights have been kind of falling down a little bit. A uh, lot of injuries and things going on, so they're they're kind of hanging on. The Canucks are trying to get you know up there as well in the mix, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's some of these teams loaded up. Uh, I was really curious to see what would happen. I think you're right. Tampa Bay doing that trade uh, loaded up as well. So 
Any other teams that uh, you want to talk about that uh, during this trade deadline? Anything else that kind of sticks out to you so far? Yeah, I'm kind of like I'm really kind of uh, surprised that LA didn't do much. LA is on that cusp of making the playoffs. They have uh, they have Peterson and Quick in net. I'm not sure. I, I, if, if I were the Kings, I would have made a, a couple moves. They have that long term uh, injured reserve space right now from the injuries they have. Um, for a lot of you guys too, I know a lot of people ask. Unfortunately. I have a girlfriend that's a Kings fan over here. Where <laughs> she wants to say hi to everybody. Hi. Yes, but uh, I was talking to her too. Like I was surprised that her team only made a few minor moves. They brought in a depth defenseman and they brought in an AHL defenseman. So I was kind of curious of. And LA is kind of the team. Rob Blake over there. They're kind of a team that makes big moves and big splashes to try to acquire players to help them over that push. I'm glad they didn't do anything because I, for hell, don't want to see the Kings win a third cup. But I was really surprised that one of the teams I thought that would make moves in the trade deadline and make big moves would be LA, and they didn't do much at all. So that's kind of surprising. Yeah, you're right, because they they have done a lot of big moves before and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it looks like the teams we talked about are still all in there. I mean, you you know, we got your team in there, Toronto, the Golden Knights, um, Bruins, Blues, all, all those teams really trying to load up and improve. So uh, I'm really excited to see those teams and how they're going to do. Um, I'll just throw out another sponsor in here because we're, you know, we're you've got one on the bottom there. It's a uh, Norse Beards um, for your grooming stuff. You can check them out. Twenty five percent off with um, your code there, OCS Capital, um, uh, for the discount code. There's also we have Body Check Wellness, which is uh, Body Check C H E K Wellness for a lot of your um, different uh, health related products as well, and also OCS Capital uh, for a discount for that as well. That's also through uh, Old City Sports Network. So I just wanted to mention a couple of sponsors in there, even though we're towards the end already, but I wanted to throw them out there. I know one's on the ticker down there and uh, whatnot. So we're trying to do some more. need a beer sponsor. I'm drinking uh, White Claw right now, but we definitely need a beer sponsor coming up soon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they have. They actually, you know what? Old City Sports Network does have one, but it's based out in, uh, uh, you know, out in their way, so it doesn't really help our fans here. But yeah, I know what you mean. We we need to get one for for maybe for the Ducks and Pucks uh, podcast separately or something. I don't know. We'll have to kind of figure that out. But you're right. Uh, so some good sponsors on there. Some things to check out. We're trying to do a little bit more, um, you know, live shows and, and whatnot coming up. We, we usually don't do as many. So that's kind of something we wanted to do special today uh, with the trade deadline. Kind of get the first reaction and recap. If you are listening to this now, uh, it's still going to be on a regular uh, pod, um, you know, different companies and whatnot. But uh, we're doing it live and doing it video. If you didn't see the video, it's not a big deal. But we got Eddie and I talking on here. We've got the Honda Center inside and outside is our background with our logo. And we wanted to do that and get people on here to interact and discuss what's going on on the trade deadline and how the Ducks look. So I don't really have much more. I mean, we're still kind of waiting on that Dandenoff one. What's going on with that one in Vegas, Eddie? Um, I, I guess we'll kind of talk about that for a little bit. We we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But Dandenoff, I've heard mixed things too. Uh, he had 15 goals so far with the Golden Knights this year. But uh, my buddy Ken at Sinbid Vegas is like, don't. Don't bank on it. You know, he he's not one to be excited about, especially because his contract carries that five million um, cap hit. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in that, how that's going to work out um, for the Ducks, if they're going to, you know, make out in that trade. Because obviously the Knights had to do something. We were talking about this before. They had all their salary cap issues too, right, with Eichel coming back, big problems. So they needed to dump somebody in there, 
you know, we're we're kind of, if this trade goes through, is what we're saying, we're helping out Vegas with their salary cap situation. So I really want to see like what what did we send them or what did we do? Like, how is that going to work out? Um, I I don't think Danilov's that horrible, but my buddy Ken is kind of down on him, and, and you know, he watches all the games. He's there. He doesn't think he's that great of a benefit to Anaheim, but. I mean, if he can come in and even play a decent top nine role, uh, that's all right. But yeah, the five million dollar price tag it, it isn't fun. But if you can use that to leverage it and get some stuff for the team, then why not? Because we know we talked about this before the trade deadline. The Ducks cap space is going to be ridiculously huge um, come this summertime. I mean, there's some things they got to do. There's still some people they got to sign and figure out. So if they if they take on Dandenoff and they're able to get a decent return. Um, that might be another win. I mean, so far it's been all W's with Verbeek uh, outside of the Deloria one. That one, you and I are both kind of like, yeah, that one was kind of so-so. But all, all these other, the, the big UFAs have all been wins. So maybe he leveraged some of the cap space and, and got something out of this trade. I mean, I, I know it's not been finalized yet as we talk, but I'm really curious to see what the return is on that. And if Dandanoff can do something for us um, this season and next season, then it, maybe it won't be so bad, even though you know his contract isn't the greatest. Yeah, well, yeah, he only has 15 goals, but Raquel only has 16 goals too. I know the age difference is there. Um, Raquel most likely would have left and walked through a free agency. We wouldn't have got anything for him. Um, like I said before, I'll say it again. You don't know what you have until you change the player and get him on the scenery. You don't know what's going on, what locker room issues with other, with other players or if it just doesn't fill it anymore. Like any other sport you guys ever played sports in your life, there's been teams that you've been on where you just didn't perform your best because you didn't like being on the team or the system wasn't right or you bumped heads with the coach or something that you did wrong. It would just, you know, the broken window theory. You didn't fix the, the problem you had right there and it got worse and you just kind of just checked out of where you are. So you can't really write a guy off like that. Um, so just, yeah, don't expect anything from it. Uh, just, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best kind of thing. But a, a player that's, that's almost scored 30 goals with, with Florida, 28 goals, 28 goals, 25 goals. That's from back in 2017, uh, 18 and 19. You never know when he can just break out and have that one good season. That's really going to uh, lift the ducks up like that. You don't know if he's in a jail, right? Uh, with the right people, if, if him and, and Zegris get along and just have built that instant chemistry, you never know. Regardless of that, if he just comes out and plays completely like shit when he comes to Anaheim, I trust Verbeek that he's going to get some kind of good return and get some kind of assets for taking over this $5 million, uh, this, 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 this cap. We have to remember too, next season gets off, or I'm sorry, Kessler's, uh, his, his stuff comes off our books too. So it's just, we have that cap space right now to play with. So why not take uh, assets and be that team to, to, to kind of just get that salary dumped on us and get those, those draft picks, those prospects, just like Arizona is doing and ride with that. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. And, and yeah, I'm with you as far as with Verbeek. If something goes wrong, if Danonoff doesn't pan out the rest of the season and, and next year and it, it doesn't work out, um, I mean, I, I I trust Verbeek. I mean, in Verbeek we trust. I mean, he's yeah. been – I mean, the, the one thing that's refreshing about him is what he says. You know, some, you know he doesn't always – tip his hand, which is what every GM, they're not going to tell you everything that they do, but he's been up front with the stuff that he's talked about. He said, listen, I'm trying to sign Lindholm. 
And he did. He, he put a deal out there. We don't know the specifics. We learned a little bit of it from Lindholm, but he tried to make a deal. He tried to make it work. He wanted a shorter term on it. It ended up not working, uh, but he did what he said. And then the other guys that he did, he um, was either going to sign them or trade them. And he did that. All the, U, all the rostered UFAs, he did end up uh, trading. So those four were gone. Um, you know, like we said, you and I are happy about three out of four, you know, the DLO one, not, not a big deal, but we're, we're happy that the way things worked out. And, um, I think that's refreshing. I think that's a thing that, um, um, you know, we've kind of sorely missed, uh, with Murray. It just, it seemed like he was forever on trying to do the rebuild and we couldn't get it going. And then finally beginning of the season, he announced it and it was like, yeah, man, like we've been in the rebuild, like the Ducks fans aren't dumb. They know what's going on. They're smart. They they knew that that's what we were doing. But then he finally does that. So I'm really curious. So we'll get that Dandenoff one. You know, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon. It may not come in by the time we finish um, our, our show right now. But um, the summertime is what I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with this team and what, and what is going to happen with all these picks um, for the next couple uh, drafts. Flipping them, as people have talked about, is another big thing. And uh, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I know that it's going to take some time for the Ducks to be a better team and, and be that contending team. But with the stuff that's going on with Verbeek, I, I think you have to be uh, very happy. He's just, to me, it's a breath of, uh, a breath of fresh air. Oh, yeah. And then uh, over here on Twitter, NHL Watcher, pretty much broke it down that we turned Manson, Raquel, Lindholm, Delorier, and Curran into, uh, he mentions of what, one, two, what, one first round pick, a second, a second, a second, a third, a second, prospect, prospect, three players, and another prospect from uh, the, the Penguins. Now, just looking at that, that's huge. That's a big return for players that weren't probably going to come back, players that that couldn't get uh, – yeah, that contract extension figured out. I, I think that's a, a huge, huge win, and I'm really excited. I, I'm really excited that I, I we, we have someone that's just showing us actions instead of just words, and that's something I'm really just happy about as a fan. I'm happy about it to talk about it to everyone else right here. We can really break down things. We can have a good trade deadline, and we can talk about significant moves that are talking about, hey, we trade Chris Wagner for a guy named Shamara that complained that he, he wanted his name pronounced differently. That didn't do a damn thing for the Ducks. I'm still pissed off about that trade, too, if you guys uh, <laughs> can't tell. But, yeah, I, I, I like what I'm seeing so far. And I, You know, I wish, too, Mike, I wish – that they would process these trades faster because I, I don't know what the holdup is. Extend it. Do something different now. Instead of just waiting to the very end, are we going to get this Danidoff trade announced tonight like at 9 o'clock? Or, you know, knowing our luck, once we end this show, they'll announce it. Oh, yeah. That that's always happens for us. Every time we record a show, something comes up afterwards. That's just the way it is. But, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's what, two and a half hours now past the trade deadline, and they're still holding on to some trades. Um, so. A lot of trades, too. Yeah, a lot. And they're still saying, yeah, they're still out there talking about, uh, let's see. Yeah, the Dandenoff trade, they're still waiting for the full details. So it seems like it's, you know, going to go through, but um, nothing else about that one. And, you know, the Raquel one took forever, too. It kept coming yeah. out piecemealed. You, um, you even had Bob McKenzie put something out, and then he changed it, put something else out again. Like, that one, that one really dragged out for a long time. I was like, man, what is this Raquel thing? Because... You heard it was going to be a second-round pick, prospect, and, and and then a player. And then it ends up being four pieces. And, you know, we finally 
get the whole deal, which, like we said, we're happy with too. So, a lot of good stuff going with the Ducks. You know, um, this is kind of our special show. We we don't really do the uh, shows like this. We usually have our formatted show where you know we talk about the games. Uh, and then we, we kind of break down the team news and the trade stuff. So on this one, we're just basically talking about the trade deadline um, and whatnot. We're doing a live show. And like we said, we're going to try and do some more of these um, throughout. We may do short ones too, or we, you can um, jump on this for a couple minutes and we can talk about stuff. Either either one of us might do it just you know one-on-one or something like that uh, to post some news and everything. But uh, so far, so good for the Ducks. Um, you know, we didn't take any fan questions really on this one just because, uh, we just threw this out here. Uh, wasn't one of our uh, scheduled shows, but, um, we may do more like this in the future because that way, um, we're doing it through Streamyard. You can sign up th- um, through them if you want streamyard.com, or you can either just jump in here and go on it. And what's good about, uh, this platform is that we have the video that we can upload to YouTube. And then we have the audio that we can put out to all of our other platforms so this may be something that we you know use moving forward uh through the old city sports network eddie yeah i, I like it this is i think this is our fir- our second time ever doing a, a live show like a streaming show like this i think the last time we did it was during the pandemic we, we jumped on there and just to kind of talk to everyone see how, see how everyone was doing we went on instagram live that was pretty fun we had a lot of fan engagement so we'll, we'll start doing more things like that. Like you said, Mike, if we have news, we can all uh, we can all be like Kevin Weeks, wherever we are, just get our phones, <laughs> record it. If I'm at the bar drunk and I see a, a news, I'll just, hey, uh, someone got traded or something. It'd be entertaining and fun. Maybe uh, the sponsors won't like that, but it'd still be, be funny. Get a lot of clicks on that. Yeah, exactly. Mix it up <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's a good time. I like doing this. It's something that we did. I did one of these two earlier in the year. If you guys didn't see it, uh, with uh, Jesse and a bunch of other people from the Old City Sports Network, we did one talking about the trade deadline, and it was like eight or nine of us in there, and that one was a lot of fun. We were talking about each team and what was going to happen, um, or you know what we thought was going to happen, and where the trades were going to go and whatnot. So uh, there may be some more of those too, where you may see me or Eddie jumping on one with eight or nine people or whatnot, um, and just talking hockey with different people. And then that way you guys get a different perspective of other podcasts. So we've got a bunch of podcasts on there on the, on the Old City Sports Network. Um, I, I don't even know all the all of them on there, but I know we have. Uh, a bunch of teams that are being covered and we're trying to get most of the league on there. Uh, a lot of good people on there that we've been talking to, uh, reposting their podcasts. They were posting ours as well. So just kind of growing the network, uh, you know, making a lot more friends, um, yep. people that want to uh, promote the sport of hockey, uh, promote their teams, um, you know, pr- promote uh, making friends and fans, um, you know, being positive uh and uh just talking hockey and 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 you know that's what we like to do so i don't really have too much more on my end eddie i mean we probably wrap it up here i don't know if you have anything else left that uh you want to talk about as we end up closing this out here pretty soon no i think you said it best uh this is a good way to network to make friends and we kind of we have that that same thing in common that we love the game of hockey we love the sport and being able to talk about it with people like us that that know knowledge of the sports that can teach us more about their teams uh, it's fun. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I, I just love listening to hockey. I, I listen, even even I hate the Minnesota Wild, but I'll go listen to Michael Russo's podcast about the Wild. It just I, I love learning. I love having useless stats in my head and just to talk about it. And I love like-minded people and having a good, nice conversation with fans and with people. Mike, I, I met you uh, because of the sport of hockey and, and our love for the Ducks, and we just hit it off and became 
uh, like like brothers. Like you know, you're my best mm-hmm. friend, and I'm you know, if it wasn't for the sport of hockey, I, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met the people I play with. I wouldn't have the experience that I had. The drinking in the parking lot. I wouldn't have met my girlfriend. So it's like the game of hockey and how it ties into to kind of the way of life. I I can't I can't thank the sport. I can't thank my dad enough for forcing me to play hockey and kind of making me fall in love with the sport of hockey. Yeah, you know what's crazy about this too is I just want to give a shout out to Tom uh, from England. He came out and watched one of the Duck games, and I ended up going out with him and his girlfriend and my wife. We had a nice dinner and stuff. And I mean, if you would have told me back in 2014 when we started doing this, it was a, simply a thing where I just basically did some t-shirts and wrote a couple articles. I didn't really uh, plan on this going anywhere. It was just for fun. And I mean, it still is pretty much a hobby. This isn't, this isn't something like I I live off and make tons of money. I I wish that was the case, but it's not. Uh, It's just something that we do for fun and have a good time with and our free time. Cause Eddie and I are both crazy busy. We, we always talk about trying to get together and do shows and, and we've both got a lot going on in our lives, but when we're able to get together and do this is great. But uh, like I said, I want to give a shout out to Tom, uh, met him he came out and and, you know it's it's crazy when you're able to talk about the sport and then you you know you know us and canada you're going to get people that follow this and and listen and and you engage with you know you're going to get um some people from european countries like sweden obviously and whatnot but when you start getting people that have been contacted from scotland ireland you know england the uk um there's people from japan that listen to the show the, i mean there's people from australia i mean it's just crazy it's it, you know to think back then that you'd be talking to people internationally about this when it started out as just like some little t-shirt thing you know you know which we don't really do as much anymore we pretty much just write the articles do the podcast um and whatnot because every time we do a shirt somebody gets traded <laughs> so it doesn't always work out but you know we still have our hats and stuff like that you can still check those out as well um and whatnot so um yeah i mean hopefully you get some good feedback from this and we'll do more of these we uh you know usually do the weekly show just the audio only i don't know we may change it to this um depending on eddie and i get on a a better schedule things are kind of crazy right now through the rest of the season but maybe maybe you know in summertime we'll do a couple as we always do but maybe we'll get more on a regular type schedule and and see how it goes but um also to your comment eddie too yeah i mean you and i met uh big thing uh for you is you know being a veteran and your status with that uh people that don't know my entire family is veterans my uh dad fought in vietnam and three out of four of my grandparents fought in world war ii so you and i we had the hockey thing but we also had that military thing too i did not serve you know just make that clear but i come from a family of, of people that have served through a lot of different um generations of wars and uh utmost respect and i've worked with veterans at my job and in different capacities um so i think that's kind of why you and i hit it off it's one big thing amongst Um, other things that we have in common too though but yeah (laughs) yeah exactly i mean there's other stuff too that you you know like you talked about but yeah um that was one big thing uh, i think and uh, it just kind of gelled you know that's what i've heard from a lot of people they enjoy the show i got more comments from other people that they like how we feed off of each other, have good energy and, and, and whatnot. So I appreciate that too. Um, thank you everybody that are listening. Like I said, uh, we'll probably try and do some more stuff on StreamYard. We'll post up things and whatnot and uh, I'll give it to you, Eddie, if there's any last uh, words you want to say as we close out. No, just thank you for, for, for us being part of this, this network. Thank you for all the fans that, that come in, listen in. Uh, every time I'm at games, the fans flag me down. I'm at different arenas. The flag uh, fans are flagging me down. 
Kings and Avs game and getting flagged down. So I really appreciate the love and the support that everyone gives us and and all your positive comments and how everyone just likes to inter- interact and engage or engage with the hockey talks with us. I love it. All the DMs and messages, you writing ducks and pucks. It's just it's it's really cool. Sometimes I get stressed out in my, in my normal everyday life. But then just sitting there and shooting the shit, talking hockey, it just kind of brings me out of my whole reality and puts me in a little fantasy zone for a little bit just to talk hockey. So I do appreciate that. So thank you, everyone, for that. Yeah, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're watching it live, if not, you know, enjoy it on the platforms. We'll put it out there as well. So with that, let's go Ducks.